This is the Who's to Say podcast with your struggle bus captain, Grant Sheffield. All right, guys, welcome into the podcast. This is Struggle Bus Captain here, and I am stuck in the airport. I'm at JFK right now. I'll be here until 8 o'clock, or 8.30 is the flight. It's supposed to be 12.15. That one was quote-unquote oversold, um, just like flying on planes. Uh, pretty much the flight was oversold, so I will be arriving at probably around 10 o'clock tonight. Going from JFK. Everybody who knows I'm listening to the podcast, all eight of you. Uh, know that I am moving to New York City. So I was up here doing some recon here. Got to see some comments. I know Cordero was one. Uh, Cordero Wilson, Joe Perot, Joe the Pro Perot. Uh, runs a pretty cool podcast, the Working Bits podcast. So we hung out last night. It's good to see that guy. Uh, so yeah, it was solid. Went to Creek in the cave last night to their open mic that was at 8 o'clock in Long Island City that was pretty cool, a lot of comics but that's the city, that's what it is um, let's see what else happened, so I got here today is Saturday, I got here on Wednesday I think like, maybe like midday, so it was pretty solid um, went and did a few errands things like that alright, so those errands I had to run pretty much I needed yeah, to do. This oh. is second general boarding call for all passengers going on flight 4052. Going into Boston at this time. If you yeah, that doesn't apply to us. Um, pretty much, errands I needed to do. I needed to get a razor because I had a few interviews coming up. So, interviews were all uh, pyramid schemes. So, watch out for that when you're applying for jobs, job seekers. Um, what made them pyramid schemes? Pretty much, they wanted you to. Uh, Essentially, I wanted you to go door to door, and it's pretty much like multi-level marketing MLM. If you guys aren't familiar with it, since uh, you for that job, you just go door to door, try to sell people stuff. Um, which I'm not a big fan of MLM type of jobs. Um, well, yeah, that's pretty much the day so far. Don't know uh, what you guys are up to. I'm sure. Having a solid weekend, but I'll be here for the next uh, six or seven hours, it seems like. Had a show in Greenville. That will not be happening anymore. Not going to be able to make it to that show. Uh, they did give me like a, like a voucher situation. So I think it's like a thousand bucks or something like that. So it's pretty solid. thousand bucks and then $12 in food. So I have uh, now I've been eating the healthiest since I've been up here. Um, I'm not saying it's hard, but it was a little bit more difficult than uh, what I was expecting. Just because you don't know the places, it's kind of hard. Like, all right, well, I'm going to get a nice salad from this joint. It's just like you'll see uh, places that have familiar names. You're like, I'll just, I'll just eat the healthiest I can. Right? Um, so, yep, Sydney JFK right now. Um, got here, let's see, right around. 10, 15, 10, 20. Uh, laptop almost got stolen. Not on purpose. It was just because the 
person grabbed the wrong thing, so that's all that was. That's not an indictment on people at all, so relax. SJWs will be out. Ready to fight for calls it. Alright, I'll stop. Um, let's see. For the most part, yeah, it was a good trip. I enjoyed it. Uh, hit a few mics, like I said. I didn't do like three or four a night or anything like that. Like, oh, you can do as many mics you want to. Yeah, you can. You 100% can. The question is, are you getting any benefit from it? Like, yeah, you can hit three or four mics. You can do like mics from pretty much 3 p.m. all the way to like 10 or 11 p.m., right? Which is fantastic. Go eight times or whatever. You're going to see an audience maybe once or twice if that much so I got kind of got to pick your poison there um, final else? call final call for all passenger going flight for this is like in real time guys so you guys final should be enjoying this terminal please make your way over to gate 32 well I'm sure you're not I'm sorry um, but yes yeah, so essentially just been here and uh, yeah what else did I do I didn't really do it touristy thing I didn't I don't really take a lot of pictures whenever I go places I used to now I don't really do that I'd rather just tell the story about what happened I think that's more important than somebody seeing a picture I think a good story beats a picture um, so like, oh I, my friend was telling me about this instead of you showing your friend a picture of your friend's pictures so but yeah that's, uh, that's where it's at right now and uh yep probably record the rest of this at some point tonight so yeah all right and yeah i'm so i'm back uh flight was supposed to be at let's see flight will be, be like 1205 i think it was <clears throat> and then it got pushed to like 1235 and then 330 and then uh that was like a five o'clock and then it was the one I got on which was eight thirty. So I was talking to uh <clears throat> talking with my friends about it and uh well essentially what happened is this. They oversold my flight, as I said earlier, and they needed people to decide that they would be flexible enough to go on a later flight. And I had an early flight. I was like, Well, I mean I could probably shoot for like a later one, like maybe uh a three o'clock because like well i got a show i want to do tonight or whatever and uh yeah ended up being when my that twelve thirty five i was supposed to be on was on they called me up to the front they're like yeah we only have the eight o'clock available and i was like oh my god so that was trash but um yeah I left at like eight thirty. <clears throat> got here probably ten thirty ten thirty five this is the the smallest plane on the planet, right? So we're on a this plane was like a 145. If you guys know anything about planes, uh, picking planes is a lot like picking like a mate. You want like a seven and up, right? You don't want a, a one. Like this wasn't like a Boeing uh, seven, whatever they are. This was an Embraer like 145. So we passed by a 747. Legit, our plane looked like it had, you know, been birthed by the 747. Like, we passed by it. We It, looked, it seemed like we were underneath the wing of the 747. I'm just about sure. The smallest plane on the planet. It's a tin can. Um, but, yep, the flight was kind of rough. 
I think that was like uh, thunderstorms or something on like coming down the eastern seaboard. I guess so. That wasn't a that wasn't a good time. I mean, I didn't sleep. Maybe I slept for like maybe twenty minutes on the plane. Um, I know I had a I had to use a bathroom the whole time, but I didn't want to get up because like, you know, if it's a thunderstorm or whatever, they have like the little thing and they tell you not to get up. But you see people get up anyway. It's like, well, I rather I rather die peeing than having to hold this in, which that's what I should have I should have done that instead. Um, as far as being in the airport for nine hours, that was terrible. Because uh, it's only, even though JFK is a, a pretty big airport, after eight or nine hours, nothing is big anymore, right? I was like, oh, this is this is just another, just another. It's, it felt like one room after a while because like I sleep in one quadrant. Yes, those are math terms. I was sleeping one quadrant of the airport, then I go to the next one to take a piss, go to another one to drop a deuce. You know how you do. You got to break it up. Uh, so that wasn't that wasn't fun. Um, shout out to Gates uh, 14 through 16 for housing me while I was uh, sleeping and charging my phone at the same time. So, yeah, me and about 20 other degenerates were all in the same place trying to cop a nap. That's also where all of the uh, people who work at the airport, that's where they take their naps and talk trash about working at the airport. So I got some, got some, some pretty good uh, gossip there. That was a good time. Um, other than that, I'll say that, um, what else did I do? I was in there. Um, uh, oh, I had this idea. This might be a dumb idea, but I was like, I feel like airport should have like, uh, should have movie theaters in them. Of course, everybody doesn't have time, but for people who have four five hour layovers, that would be an awesome idea. You can burn so much time watching a movie. I don't know what the the rules and regs are to having a movie in an airport or whatever. But just know, once upon a time, you can smoke cigarettes on the plane. So I think it's all right if we watch uh, Tom Cruise try to not be 60. Uh, but, yeah, so that was something I was thinking about yesterday. I was walking around, um, or today when I was walking around. It was uh, it was weird because uh, I was walking around. I was like, oh, man, I should I'm gonna try to go ahead and – because when you're at an airport, I was like, oh, let me go brush my teeth and all that. So I went to my book bag, and toothbrush was in my suitcase, which had been checked. So I'm walking around with a yuck mouth, and then I decide I'm going to go to the uh, to one of the little stores and get, like, a toothbrush. No toothbrushes. Toothpaste, Listerine, no toothbrush. Who misses the main ingredient, right? That's that's what I needed. Like, even if you guys didn't have toothpa- toothpaste, I could have got hot water on the toothbrush and kind of made it work better than me having toothpaste and Listerine. Of course, you can do the finger thing. That's just weird. You know, when do you ever rub your, your fingers across your teeth? Ever. Name 10 times. Exactly. Um, so that was a rough go. Also, I needed to shave yesterday. I needed to say, shave today. That was rough. Um, took care of that business. And uh, let's see. Like I said, got back here about 10.30. Had to go put air in my tires because the front two are apparently are need to be patched. So put air in my tires at sheets. Get to the first sheets. I say first because that wasn't the one I st- I got to stay and get air at. So I get to that sheets, and they do not have uh, the air doesn't work. I've been waiting in line behind this lady who I guess just vacuumed out her SUV. 
for about 30 seconds, so it wasn't a big deal. And so, what ended up happening is from there, I had to go to the next sheets, which is about four, maybe five, to, maybe five to ten minutes away. So I had to drive to that one, and then I got air in the tires. Got back here, I watched a little bit of Snowfall on FX. If you haven't watched that show, you got to watch it. Like I would recommend you, you start out at season one, just because uh, it's such a good show to me. Like uh, John Singleton is the person who uh, directs this show or created the show. Kind of both. They got a weird thing going on with that show where they have like eight different producers, which just means that eight people are getting a check. Like they're getting like credits for this. Like they're getting paid or whatever. Um, show is really good. If you've ever seen uh, any of those like 90s uh, movies about being black in the hood, a.k.a. Boys in the Hood, Men's Society, um, any of those types, you're going to love that show. The writing's a lot better. Like they don't. Mm, it's it's set in the nineties. No, no, I'm sorry. It's set in the eighties because they're selling cocaine. Hence, snowfall. Um, I think a lot of people will like it if they give it a shot. The uh, cast is diverse. You don't see that a lot. It's usually uh, four white dudes and the one black dude who's palatable. Uh, but this show has uh, mainly. Uh, african-americans and hispanic actors and actresses in it which is real dope you got a few white folks in there just so fx to pick up the show and it's a great show i enjoy it um season two is pretty solid so far i think it's like i watched episode two when i got here so that was uh that's pretty good let's see as far as the open mics in new york the open mics were cool um first mic i went to was where was that mic? I want to say that mic was in Brooklyn. I can't remember. Uh, but me and Cordero went to that one. That was cool. Um, went up maybe in the late 30s or so, 34, 35 maybe. Everybody did three minutes. My three minutes went pretty well, so I was happy with that. Uh, met some comics who I thought were pretty cool, but I mean, at open mic, like I said, it's all comics. It's everybody. This was what was surprising for me, being at the mic that was all comics. This one and the other one I went to, because I didn't go to like five or six, like I said earlier. I just went to like two. Um, everybody was really supportive, which was impressive, right? Um, so I saw pretty much at the mic I went to on Thursday, um, I want to say that 80% of the audience stayed or let's say more like mm, 80% of the audience probably stayed until around the 27th to 28th comic, which means pretty much they stayed the whole show instead of getting up, going outside and talking trash about the comics. So they just saw or complained about their lives, typical comic stuff. Right. So I was very, uh, I was very impressed by that. I didn't think there was going to be much, uh, much community, but it was more than I, I had expected. So that was cool. Um, talked to some comics afterwards who seemed like they were uh, decent. And then, let me see. I think before that, me and Cordero went to like, uh, went to this, uh, it's supposed to be like a southern restaurant somewhere in uh, in Brooklyn, I think that's where we were. It wasn't, it wasn't southern. Like, the idea of fried chicken 
that's that's not that's not what it was. Whatever that was, I ate. I was like, this is fine. It's it's not good. Like, not to mention it took forever. I told Cordero, I was like, they must be raising the food that they're trying to feed us. Like, what is it taking so long for us to get our food? Um, and then it was fine, right? I did something different I have never done before. I had horseradish. I think that's what they put on the chicken sandwich or whatever. Everybody who knows me knows I'm a very picky eater. I'm very uh, plain Jane when it comes to food. I don't want anything extra up there. Um, I'm I'm the guy who goes to a barbecue, and I just want two hot dogs, chili, ketchup, mustard. Don't worry about any of that sauerkraut nonsense, horseradish, and the like. I just want chili, ketchup, mustard. Very simple. Very, very basic when it comes to my, my eating. Um, but, yeah, the food food's fine. Will I go back? No, but I don't really go back to most restaurants. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go back to this place. I'm not. There's like an Indian spot here in uh, Raleigh that I like, but for the most part, I'm not going to go back to a place. Let's see. As the mic, we kind of hung out a little bit. Uh, some chick was there, and she was she was cool. She seemed nice enough. I guess she was saying she wanted to start doing stand-up, which is awesome. Um she was running bits by me and Cordero. And, like, when she when she started running the bits, right, like, she's like, oh, I got an idea. I want to run past you guys. Like, I try not to do an immediate eye roll, but it just sneaks up on you because it's like, uh, how many times do people have to run bits by? All right. But she ran a bit by us, and I don't know. I don't know, man. It was It was whatever. Nothing noteworthy or whatever. <clears throat> but, yeah, after that, all three of us went to this barcade uh, in Brooklyn, which is really dope. I'm a fan of going to barcades. There's one here in Raleigh. <clears throat> Boxcar, shout out to them. The podcast is unofficially sponsored by the Boxcar Barcade in Raleigh, downtown. Um, <clears throat> let's see. They didn't have Mortal Kombat, which is weird. They didn't have Mortal Kombat at the... Uh, at the barcade Mortal Kombat is like a staple of any barcade it's like how do you even have a barcade if you don't have Mortal Kombat but I play NBA Jam you know uh I got got in on Street Fighter got through a few rounds with my boy uh Ryu that was cool um let's see what else went down oh here we go the Airbnb I stayed at so the Airbnb was in Brooklyn um it was, it was cool. I mean, <clears throat> this is the thing. In my head, I had to make a, I had to, I had to grow up a lot uh, when I got to the Airbnb. So Airbnb is in Brooklyn, right? I've stayed in Brooklyn before at an Airbnb before, and I was in a different part. Like literally, I think maybe four streets over. It's a completely different neighborhood, right? So uh, where I was before, it was like. Yeah, it's like trash on the ground and all that stuff, but it looks more like a neighborhood than it does like, oh, I'm in a, like a huge, huge, huge city. Uh, where I was staying, you got like trash on the ground, but that's New York. Trash can be on the ground regardless. And um, I walk into the joint and it smells like weed. I was like, all right. Like, I don't smoke weed, so like everybody always talks about Oh man, you smell that weed. It smells so good. I've never smelled weed where I was like, "This is going to be fantastic for whoever smokes this." It's never been that time 
where I smell weed, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be solid. Because I don't smoke weed. Like, I, maybe it's my nostrils. Maybe since I don't smoke weed, but I smell it all the time. There's never been a time where I'm like, I'm so jealous. That's never, ever happened. Uh, <clears throat> so I walk in. Place smells like weed, not a big deal. I was like, ah, it's fine. All your friends smoke weed. You're the only person you know who doesn't smoke weed other than, like, two or three people. All right, cool. So then go up the steps, and I get into the place. I meet the guy, and uh, he was, he seemed cool. I walked to the room. Room's, you know, room's good size. I was happy with it. Flat screen TV, no issues. Um, box fan on the ground. Hey, everybody's, you know. No problem with a box fan. Haven't seen one in a in a while, but hey, it is what it is. It does the job. I know how they work. My only qualm was this: they left the doors unlocked in the apartment in the Airbnb. Why are you leaving the door unlocked? Now, that's cause for concern. So what I decided to do is I would uh I just took my laptop and I just took my laptop with me every day I went out. Like, every time I went uptown or downtown, I brought my laptop. I was like, this is the most expensive thing I have in my possession right now. So I'm not going to let that get taken because I got to keep dropping these fire episodes of the podcast, getting 1,500 downloads a week. Wink, wink. Uh, but, yeah, so I was like, all right, that's not really my favorite thing in the world, but I'll take it for what it is. I got somewhere to stay while I'm doing these job interviews as well as looking for uh, places to stay. So, also, there's no, there's no way for me to lock the door that I'm staying in. Like, the bedroom stand, there's no way for me to lock it from the outside. Like, there's no key for that. Uh, which, I, I guess, I guess it's fine, but I don't know. You can there used to be a key, right? Because there's a keyhole, so there used to be a key. Don't know what happened to said key. But, yeah, I just, uh, every time I left out of there, I just brought all my stuff with me. Like, just my laptop. I wasn't worried about, like, getting robbed. Um, Everybody was cool. The guys in Airbnb, I think, uh, like, two of them might have been African. Uh, The other ones were just black dudes. Not just black dudes, but eh, just black dudes. Um, So, yeah, that's, that's pretty much the extent of that. As far as that first interview, this is... The the Uber from Brooklyn where I was staying to my interview with New Rochelle was like, it had to been every every bit of fifty five dollars. And I was like, I was talking to my brother, I was talking to like a few of my friends. I was like, I don't think I'm going to this interview. That's too much money just for something I probably don't care about. J- Never mind, just for something I know I don't care about. So I go up there anyways. I was like, all right, I, I got I got the suit and all this stuff, and it's fine. I'll go ahead and go. So I go. <clears throat> And uh, I'm at the interview, and the guy is talking to me. The position is, uh, what was the position? It's a door-to-door sales job. As I kind of, I think I mentioned that earlier. It's a door-to-door sales job where essentially I would be in office two days a week, and I would be um, pretty much going door-to-door the rest of the days of the week. No salary. No base pay. All commish. And the thing is, like, I, I'm i not going to – I don't think I'm going to do another commission-based job again. 
I'm honestly not trying to do another sales job. Like I'm good at sales, but I don't want to do it. Like I don't know. But anyway, so yeah, I was just like, I don't really want to do this job. But the interview went cool. The guy wanted to call me back for like a second interview. He like sent me an email and all that. And uh he was like, Yeah, we're excited to have you uh come back for the second interview. I think it's gonna really work out for uh the company as well as yourself. I was like, Uh huh. So yeah. Did not go back. First ghost. Second ghost coming soon. So now we're at my second interview I had for a different company. This is today is what? Or that day what day was that? Uh yeah, I think that was Thursday. I think yeah, I think it was Thursday. So that interview was at like two or three o'clock, I think it was. And um it was also another door to door sales job. It was like position like benefits representative for like an insurance company i was like oh this just means that people come in and i tell them what type of benefits they have with whoever uh blah blah blah. that's what i thought it was that is not what it was the job was you are to sell life insurance to people who are parts of unions which i was like oh well that's not not the worst thing in the world but the way in which it was done completely was a turnoff. So I walked into the place. If you've ever applied for a job at Banker's Life, one person who listens to podcasts will understand this. It was exactly the same as what Banker's Life does. You walk into a room and it's 50 people in there and everybody's applying. And you're like, oh, I thought this was a one-on-one situation. So now you're sitting there in this big room. Everybody's like taking the clipboard up like, oh, I just, I had an interview. They're like, who called you? Even the even the people up front, the three uh, secretaries or three assistants, they don't even they know it's a scheme. Right. So now they're calling people back one by one. There's one. This is my favorite part. There's one older black guy, probably around 40, 47, 48 years old. Looks like he could be like a school janitor or something like that. Uh, he had like the, I said cause he had like the slick back like Jerry curl in high school. We had a guy who had a Jerry curl. He was a janitor. Anyways. Uh, so he went in for his interview in about two minutes. Cause I'm still filling up my form, like resume references, all this stuff. Right. In about two minutes, your boy comes back out and he's saying something underneath his breath and he walks out and the guy who was interviewing him comes around to where the assistants are up front. And he says something under his breath. And I was like, in my head, I was like, what, what happened? What happened in that room, in that interview? What did that guy say? Or I don't know. And then, you know, as far as uh, the demographics, it was mm, maybe 60, 40 female to male, I would say. Um, a lot of people were under the age of like, under the age of 30. So I, well, I saw a lot of people were under the age of 25. I saw some kids who were probably like 19, 20. I was like, they have no clue what they're in for. Meanwhile, I'm being a dumb dumb. I'm in here. I know exactly what I'm in for, but I haven't left yet because I just spent $60 on an Uber. I was like, I should at least stay here for the 40 minutes that it took me to get here, right? So then you go to the interview, and the guy I'm talking to, he's like a black guy. Uh, he's a bigger black dude. Like, Dante is his name. That's not like be, being whatever. That's actually his name was Dante. Um 
So he's talking to me. He's like, oh, I see you on your resume. You used to sell cars. I uh, used to be a school teacher. You used to. You used to. Thank you, Drake. Uh, so, yeah, I was like, yeah, I've, I've done all the things. And he was asking about, like, North Carolina versus here. And I was like, eh. I was like, you kind of do the same thing in North Carolina, like, year after year. You do the same whatever. Um, it's really, really slow. And then he was talking to me about how he used to sell cars, which is also something the first guy from the interview the day before said that he used to sell cars. And the thing about that is when people have sold cars before and they leave the car business to go to some other type of job, typically it's a job that's going to be uh, similar in, hmm, how to put it it's gonna be a similar type of job as like selling cars like this guy he sells insurance the other guy he like sold uh telecommunications marketing to uh i want to say the auto uh telecommunication marketing to like at&t verizon all those guys that's what he did so it's the same type of gig essentially and that's where i was like red flag because i was like i know this means it's gonna be a commission only job because that's the thing to like Oh, there's no salary, but there's uncapped earning potential. If you hear those three words, that means sales job, no salary. All right. Don't do it. Run. Like if you're 18, you stay at your mom's house or whatever, and you can afford to like not make any money for like the first month you're at a job, do that. Do that. Get your feet wet. See what you like, what you don't like. But if you're an adult that has, like, bills, you know, like, paying a few whatever a month towards your bills, maybe this is maybe that's not the move. Maybe you got to find something better to do, right? So the guy's talking to me, and he has dead eyes, right? I can tell we're in the same boat. I'm looking at this guy with his dead, with his dead eyes, right? <laughs> and he's talking to me. He's like, all right, so we're going to go a few things. He's saying it so monotone. I, my lip starts to quiver because I'm about to laugh because he's so dead inside from saying the same line every single day. Like he says it's every interview because they have huge uh, group interviews all the time because that's what pyramid schemes do. They try to get as many people as possible. That way the people who are at the top can get more and more money doing the least amount of work. They're overseeing. You get paid. You find people underneath you. You start doing whatever for them. Then you get paid more. Meanwhile, people at the very top are taking a cut off of everything you get, right? Everybody's taking a cut. It's the same thing in the car business. The um, the used car and new car managers, they will get a cut off of everything that the dealership sold. They will get a cut. Same thing. So he said he liked my attitude or something like that. And he's like, typically what we do is we uh, – call you and have you come back in for a second interview but i think you're ready to go i think you're ready to go into our, our second interview right now which i this is how i knew he was lying to me when i walked into this room right because me i got big eyes i observe everything so i walk in to the hallway all right his office is two doors down to the right i remember it i got pretty decent memory it's two doors down to the right okay to the left there's a glass conference room there are already about 20 people in there sitting. There's a big projector uh, thing up there in the front of the room. So I already knew there's going to be a second part, right? So he says, it's like, oh, usually we call people back in for the second interview, but what we're going to do is we're going to, I'm just going to have you 
move on to the second part right now. He's like, do you have like an hour of time available? And at first I was going to say no because I was going to say, you know what, this job's trash, my guy. I didn't say that. I was like, yeah, I got time. So <clears throat> he shakes my hand or whatever. He gives me like a pat on the back or whatever. He's like, oh, I got another sucker, but he didn't. So then we go. He escorts me into this room where everybody's filling out this 60-question uh, questionnaire about, like, uh, pretty much trying to figure out if you're a serial killer or not, right? That's all the questionnaire is for. Are you going to kill somebody? Are you a pedophile? Um, so I do that, and then this guy comes in, Egyptian guy, real cool guy, uh, comes in. He's talking to us for, like, an hour. He got some bits, guys. He's running some bits. He got some bits. So I can tell he's been he's been doing some of these jokes. Like, you could just feel that he's been doing these jokes for, like, five-plus years because his timing was immaculate on some of these jokes. Like, there was one joke I actually laughed out loud. I was like, oh, now that's a bit. That guy's a bit runner. I mean, he's a salesman, obviously, so that's all you do all day. But, like, uh, yeah, he was he was good. <clears throat> he's telling us about the job. Um, the presentation went on for, like, maybe, like, an hour, ten minutes. Around, like, hour 30, uh, a glaze just came over my eyes. Like, I was like, this is a... This is this is not good. He's he's talking too much. Like we're doing thirty minutes of talking, and I still don't know what I'm selling yet. Right? That's how you know it's a scheme. If they don't tell you what you're doing within the first ten minutes, if they don't tell you within the first five minutes, it's a scheme. That's exactly what that was. So he's wrapping it up. He's giving me all the pros of this job, and then uh, or telling everybody as a group, it's like six or seven of us. So think about like your college algebra class back in college. It was huge, right? Um, so there's people in there who have sold insurance before, so they know all the ins and outs. Um, we get to the end of the presentation. He finally tells us what we're doing. Essentially, this job, you're selling insurance to people who are parts of, like, labor unions. So if you're, like, uh, if you're like have a union with your job, that's what they do. They sell insurance to those people. They go to their house. They show them their benefits. And essentially, they make money off of that. And the way they break it, break it down, like, oh, if you sell at least four insurances, you can make like eleven hundred bucks a week. All right, that sounds cool, making about six grand a month, fantastic. But don't really want to do that job, right? Because if you're moving to a new place, you need to have something like set in stone, like I'm gonna make this much money. That way, you can count for like the rest of your budget, right? So um, do the questionnaire, all that stuff. I see like four or five people kind of leave. Like one guy, he left. I guess he forgot something, came back like seven minutes later to pick it up, and then left again, which I thought was so bold. I was like, that dude, he's a killer. He's a straight-up killer. Because I would have just been like, you know what? I just don't need that thing. Um, So then, you know, I'm going out to the hallway because the thing is over, and the black dude, Dante, he's like, oh, uh, he's like, what'd you think? I was like, oh, it sounded okay. He's like, you think you see yourself doing this? I was like, yeah, I can definitely see my – that was a lie. That was a lie. I did not mean that. I was 100% lying to him just so I can, he can get out of my face, right? Lied to him. Then I went to the bathroom. No, no, I wasn't in. I'm sorry. So lied to his face. And then he's like, yeah, man, because uh, they told us earlier, like, if we feel like you're going to move on to the next part, we'll call you somewhere between 4 and 6 p.m., right? They're going to decide in about 30 minutes from the time that everybody leaves. It's, they're just doing suspense just because they have to, right? So they make you feel like they're like a legit company. Um, back more on that later. So then it's like you know, 
I was like, yeah, it seems like something I might potentially want to do. And I said, just like that. I said, might potentially. So I put the two words together to let him know I wasn't interested and he still couldn't decipher that I wasn't interested. Um, so then he goes on to say, he's like, all right, well, I'll call you later, man. And I was like, oh, all right, thanks. I wasn't a fan of him saying that in front of people who were like walking behind me because they probably actually want this job. Like I didn't, when I found out it was a scam, which I found out it was a scam, like as soon as I walked in and saw it was like a group interview, I was like, yeah, this is a scam. <clears throat> the only other time I've had anything like that was like when I worked for All Time Trash. Uh, they had a group interview as well. So, uh, yep. So then I leave the place, decide it's like one something. I was like, let me go and uh, let's go get something to eat. Go to Taco Bell, get some food, you know, whatever. Call the Uber. Go back to the spot I'm staying at. I don't think I went up that night. That night I didn't go up because I was like, just in my head, I was like, oh, this is a waste of money for me to fly out here and get this Airbnb and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you don't know until you go. Also, you need that experience to, like, go around and see what's what. <clears throat> what I was saying about, like, uh, the company being known as a scam. So the way it was marketed online, which they did an amazing job marketing. I'm not going to lie to them. So it be uh, crooks. It was amazing how they did it. So online, they have it called, like, uh, I think it's called, like, the Heritage Group. It's okay. They're not going to come for me. Uh, and then you get to the actual place. You get an email. It has a different name. That's not. It doesn't say that in the email. I was like, okay, this is weird. And then you get to the place, and it has a third name. So we got three names, guys. Not first, middle, last. We got three completely different names. I was like, this is, this is a problem. And then I'm interviewing with the guy, and he says to me, this is the Dante dude, He's like, did you, uh, I know you probably noticed that it was like a lot of different names for the company. I was like, I 100% observed that, yes. Now, I said it just like that because I'm a weirdo. Um, and then he goes, yeah, well, actually, you guys, you will be underneath my umbrella. And I was like, okay, what, is, what does that mean? What is, what is your umbrella? And he's like, well, essentially, uh, you'll be working underneath my company, but my company is a partner of the company you actually applied for. So that means we got four names now, guys. Four names, one check. Two girls, one cup. All right. Uh, I thought it was ridiculous. So that was one of the reasons I was like, yeah, I'm not coming back to this. And then, um, I mean, after that, I kind of got down. I was like, man, this is kind of a waste. And then I was like, you know, I'm going to go to an open mic uh, the next day. So I skipped one of the interviews I had because it was another situation. It was like a marketing group where it's door to door. I read everything on Glassdoor. They're like, yeah, don't do that, bro. So I didn't. And then um, decided I go to an open mic. And it was at, what time was that on Friday? The open mic was like 5 o'clock on Friday. And uh, I was like, oh, I'm going to go ahead and pay for Because you got to pay for it up front. I paid for it up front. I show up, and it had been canceled. And the girl who's working the door She's like, oh, you didn't get, you didn't see the group message. I was like, I'm not a part of any groups. Um, so yeah, she's like, well, you don't, you don't have to pay for the show, but you do have to at least buy one drink. So not only have I paid five dollars, not to mention the ten dollars I spent at the coffee shop across the street because I need to hang out somewhere because it's raining. Uh, so I spent ten dollars at the coffee shop. That has nothing to do with them. Five dollars for the open mic that was canceled. Then I had to spend another eight dollars getting a drink so 
I don't know that Mads are breaking down too. It's looking like twenty three dollars just not to do stand up. I'm doing not doing stand up right now for free. So that was a that was an experience. But I did meet some of the comics who were on the show. Um, they were really funny. Like two of the guys up there, I thought were really funny. The rest of them, eh, you know, take them or leave them. I can take. I'm not gonna say that. But uh, it was okay, you know. Uh, and then I talked to uh, talked to Joe about uh, another one because he was telling me about uh, one that they had Friday night in Long Island. So I went to that one, had a good time. Met some comics who were at the other mic the night before, so we kind of chopped it up a little bit. That was cool, uh, but yeah, everybody seemed pretty pretty uh, supportive. Um, I went and looked at a few apartments. Seemed like they were relatively in decent areas, not too far from most of the major uh, trains. So, uh, so yeah, I just wanted to give you guys like a quick. Uh, this wasn't quick. I want to give you guys like a recap of everything that happened in New York. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure I probably will be back in New York in the next few days because I I did get offered um, a job as, like, a assistant for this lady. She, like, runs an online art company or something like that. So I would be an assistant for her, which means I think I'll be just doing, like, emails and very Devil Wears Prada type situation. But it's something to start, right? It's not, like forever and then that job will be remote which is a word that's very important for comics the word remote is the best thing in the world uh having a remote job where you can be anywhere and do whatever it is you need to do that way you don't miss shows you don't miss mics you can do everything you want to do get all your stuff done during the day hit mics and shows at night then there was another job i applied for that's also remote like a social media type of position. So that's uh that's two jobs, guys. And I'm probably gonna get a third one because you don't know this guy about me, but I'm sure there's some Jamaican in my blood. There's no need for that. Uh my name is Grant Sheffield. I'm the struggle best captain and we out.